Welcome to another installment of Sports Rap Podcast here on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy Ball. And we are in the building, as always. So, get right to it. You know, we got a rough week yesterday. Rough week for football yesterday. For both of us. For a lot of people, (laughs) I believe, yesterday. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get some scores and some stuff in, as we always do. But we are definitely going to take some time and try to console one another. We're going to try to console one another and some other people as well along the line. As you know, as always, you can catch the live feed, Sports Rat Radio Show, the group page on Facebook. You can get there right now and tune in and check this out. And listen... It was just that yesterday. Like we talked real quick, briefly last night. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Frank too. And Frank, I, I know <laughs> you was a little angry, and, and I didn't. I wasn't worried about that. I know where they, where, where your initial comments were stemming from with that. But what what I wanted to point out to you, we will definitely, definitely get it squared away and get it straightened out today, this morning on the show. So first, we'll get into. Some NBA playoffs. We got NBA playoffs going on right now. Had one game underway last night. We had the Nuggets and the Lakers. The Lakers played a lot better last night. I mean, I'm sorry. The Nuggets played a lot better last night, only losing by two points. And it ended up being a buzzer beater Mm -hmm. that they lost on. So that was better for them. That final score was 105-103. They now find themselves down Mm -hmm. 2-0, 0-2, however you want to say it. Um, their next game is tomorrow, game three, tomorrow. Um, I'll give you the times and everything. I'll post that later on down the line. And we also got the Eastern Conference Finals going on, Celtics and the Heat. The Celtics took game three, and now that series is 2-1, Miami. They resume play on Wednesday, which I think is very odd for the way they've been doing things yeah. in the bubble. Everything. That long, yeah, that, that long stretch. It's like, it kind of reminds me of that one year when the Sixers were playing Boston in the playoffs with the big three. I think it was their last run, the big three. And we had them down. And we could have taken a commanding lead. But for some reason, that long extended break came into play and gave those guys some rest. And then they came back and finished this off. So it kind of reminded me of that. We got some WNBA games yesterday. There were two games scheduled. One game was postponed because of a storm threat mm-hmm. down in Florida. So the Sun knock off the Aces 87-62. The Lynx and the Storm, that game was postponed. And I think they'll be playing again. They'll be playing tonight or tomorrow night. In hockey, we are into the Stanley Cup Finals. Game one, uh, I think it was Saturday. The Lightning uh, defeat fall to the Stars 4-1. Tonight's game is game two. For the Stanley Cup Finals, the Lightning versus the Stars. In Major League Baseball, the Phillies fall to the Blue Jays 6-3 yesterday. They move on to go and play the Nationals starting tonight. Looking at the news, not a lot of news except for everything that's going on in the NFL right, right now. The only other thing, one bright spot that I think is a bright spot, Deion Sanders is named and will have a presser today to make it official to become the hood head football coach at Jackson State. So I haven't really 
talked about that much. Um, like I said, I, I saw it when I was moving around, um, and I kind of saw it, kind of really didn't pay a lot of attention to it, you know, because a lot of times you get those reports when you get them and you think, uh, I don't know about this. Somebody could be pulling the strings a little bit here. But we found out that it is official. And with now knowing that it is official, I think that it's a good move for Deion Sanders for primetime. Also a good move for Jackson State. Yeah. And people might say why, and I'm sure my partner already understands yeah, why. I know why. But if you don't understand why, just a little bit to take with you on this topic. HBCU getting an African-American NFL player who played in a non-HBCU college. Okay, so his knowledge from that particular standpoint and, of course, his knowledge from the pros and doing everything that he's been doing outside of football until this point, it will be very beneficial for those kids down there. Um, it's a face that looks like theirs. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that a lot of those players, I'm not going to say a lot because we're in a different uh, group know. now, but they know who they he know. is. You know, It might not be to the magnitude that we know him right. as far as his career and things like that. He's but still, he's, he's they know. relevant. Yeah, they know who yeah. he is, and they'll probably – Resort to him and his knowledge on the NFL Network mm-hmm. and on the TV, mm-hmm. but we can go further. Like I said, we can go into his pro career right. and into his college career. And if if any of you are listening and you want to get a little bit more understanding of what we say or what I mean when I talk about the difference, like a lot of these younger kids now don't do enough of homework mm-hmm. on people that are around them that they may come in contact with. They're, you're going to have to Google it because I can't remember the exact title of the documentary right offhand. But there was a video a while, I think it was last year sometime, towards the end or the middle of last year. And I'm sure you remember, I think we talked about it on air, when Dion went back to Florida State and talked to them. As a matter of fact, it was, it was a few years ago yeah. because Jalen Ramsey had just left mm-hmm. or he was about to leave mm-hmm. and he was there talking to Dion. And the words that he gave them at that particular moment about himself and about how to proceed on to the next level and how to proceed on with their their current career at that time was very beneficial and some of the things that he said to some people may sound or may come off a little arrogant if you really don't know Dion but if you listen to those comments and then you do what he says in some of those comments, right. you'll understand a lot better. And what I'm leaning to is there's a point in there, and I'm just paraphrasing right now, people, where he talks about him being at Florida State, and he tells this guy, tells the kids there, listen, when I was here, I was the man. I wanted to be the man. And you walk through these hallways, you're going to see 21 all over mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. So you can go in that film room, and I forget the particular year. He said, well, matter of fact, you can pick any year from the time frame that he was there. Go pick any reel of tape, mm-hmm. and you will see 21 all over that tape. Now, what I thought that, what I felt like that did for those kids there, well, it gave them the incentive and the mind frame that 
if you want to be the best, you got to put in the work. Right. Plain and simple. Right. And, you know, his whole thing was at that particular point, he wanted to be the best. So he didn't care if you were his brother, like he said, if your mother was in the stands, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. your wife, whatever was in the stands. When we step in between that chalk, I'm coming to kick your butt. Right. And when we get out the chalk, we back to who yeah, we, we are. Cool. We yeah. cool again. But, you know, it's a mind frame. And I think that will help a lot of them uh, in the long run going on, moving forward with their careers. And I think it's going to help some of those kids down there at Jackson yeah. State. And like I said, you got a Hall of Famer now becoming your football coach. So take everything he says yeah, and he, keep um, it with you. He, uh, not to cut you off, Dave, but he, uh, the one thing I remember watching that was when he explained to them, he explained to them, like, his why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why he was, he was so, he was so, uh, he was so adamant about being the best. He's like, right. man, I was doing, this was for my mama. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is for my mama. Everything I was doing was for my mama. So it was kind of, it was kind of, uh. It's, it's kind of, it equates with players. It connects to the players, you know what I mean, in a way that a lot of kids don't really get a chance to, to be able to touch those individuals. Absolutely. And it's kind of funny because my little cousin, uh, uh, I think it was Keith, Marquise, you know their foundation. Mm-hmm. So their foundation that put something up where, you know, they was doing some stuff with the kids or whatever. And I sent him a message. I said, listen, I said, what you doing right now, I said, I love it. I said, the fact that they can see you and touch you makes mm-hmm. the impossible possible. They, Absolutely. They're going through the same thing y'all went through as young kids. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a scrap. It's a scrap. It's, it's, how you, it's how you try to define who you're going to be as an individual yes. and also as an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And with Dion being the, the he's already an instant motivator. Yeah. It's in his character. Yeah. But now, not only is he a motivator, but he got the track record, mm-hmm. the know-how. Right. So he right. can really go off of seeing if you BSing, you yeah. don't want it. Yeah. I, I, you know I what think, I mean? You yeah. don't want it. I think that's, I think what that, <laughs> and that what you that's just the said, main yeah, thing, man. I think what you just said is one of the biggest, if not the biggest point in that whole entire scenario where... People will overlook that and take that for granted when we hear about all these other coaches that have history. The right. Coach K's and uh, Bo Schumbecklers and all these mm-hmm. guys that have had great careers. But a lot of times, or more times than not, they don't have the full elite track right. record right. that Dion has. And I'm not saying that they haven't played, because I know some of them didn't really play a lot. Mm-hmm. But, again, a lot of them don't have, listen to what I'm saying, the elite track record that Dion has. And I stress that word elite Mm -hmm. because, like you said, he can very easily tell you or he can take them on a trip to Florida Mm -hmm. State and go in there and watch those tapes and and they can see. And he can show it. And, And also, like you said, Baldy, he can watch them, look at them, and know if they want it or not. Yeah, he can definitely, he can see definitely it. pick it out a lot easier than some of these other coaches. Right. Like I said, it's no discredit to these other coaches. They they can pick out things with their players and whatnot or whatever. But none of them have 
the magnitude that Dion will have with the background that he has. In and that and sport. think about it like this. Think about it like this. You also have a player. One, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Two, quarterbacks in the league feared this dude. Yep. Did not even throw. Wherever he was at, they was throwing out the way. Absolutely. But he was also a track star. Yep. So now he's going to equate that same regimen, mm-hmm. that same regimen of, of speed, because speed is everything. Yep. You know, the speed in the NFL is built off of speed and strength. Mm-hmm. Everything else they can kind of teach you. Yep. If you're fast and you're strong, we can teach you, you can how teach to read you. and react yep. much quicker mm-hmm. and become. And, yeah, and the superior athleticism. Yeah. Being yeah. a baseball player and playing in with crossover seasons. Remember, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Braves. Right, right, he was right. playing football on Sundays and then getting in a helicopter and, and, out, and going yeah. to, you know, to play with the Braves or catching right. them up or getting back in swing with the Braves until football season ended. So, I mean, I love it. Listen, I, I know the benefit of playing, of playing just on a high school level mm-hmm. with a coach who had NFL knowledge. Right. My head coach played in Super Bowl one and two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what he brought to us, even as a line, our line was learning like NFL type things. Yep. That yep. we were a team that was four and six the year before. Mm-hmm. The next year we was eight and two. Yeah. So it that to have someone who's done it, not saying that if you're coaching and you haven't played on a collegiate level, does not mean you can't coach college players. Right. It's just it's it's some nuances in the game mm-hmm. that both can both player and coach can kind of reminisce on yes. if I, as a coach, did it. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? And I can go through a whole detail of, of seeing it and then explain it to a player, yeah. but there's a thing about a feeling or emotion that's connected to mm-hmm. it that if you didn't do it... That's right. This player's was, going up. Look, I was just thinking that. I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> and, us, and the both of us being coaches, we know... You're going up. We know the attitudes and we know the body mechanics of these kids when we're sitting there talking to them. And... Initially, for some of them, it's like, for real, Coach yeah, Ball, yeah, like, for real. Yeah, like, and then it's like, okay, now, when I get out here and I show you this stuff, mm-hmm. then it clicks like, it clicks. oh, crap, yeah. He, it definitely clicks. He, he might have he been able, you know. And when I was coaching basketball, I always took my practice gear with me. I wouldn't go in with basketball gear on. I would go in as a coach, mm-hmm. but I always had my bag. So at any point, any given at moment. Any given moment. You oh, can lace up. This what y'all want to do? This yeah. how y'all want to handle practice? Uh-huh. All right. Well, we going to scrimmage. You, Malik, or whoever my top guys was, you take whoever you want and give me everybody else. I guarantee you we going to beat y'all. You hear that, Malik? Guarantee you we going to beat y'all. <laughs> Alvin? Yes. And that's you the way it used Alvin? to be. And some of the other guys, but it was like that. To, but that's part, that's where you really, really become a coach and reap mm-hmm. the benefits of being a coach because I can get out here like that old that old cliche saying I can show you better than I can right, tell you right and a lot of times with our kids you have to show them yeah. along with telling them uh, some of them will get it when you tell them mm-hmm. but then you've got others that have to be shown some in some instances they have to be touched 
Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in a bad way, parents, so don't, don't yeah, get upset. No, it's not like that. I mean, no dusky right. going on I mean, it's physical nature of the <laughs> game of basketball. Mm-hmm. I have to, Sometimes you have to get out there and show them mm-hmm. this is the kind of contact you're going to get as you progress. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're going to get now with kids your size. At some point, you're going to be playing somewhere if you pursue it mm-hmm. where kids are going to be bigger than you. Right. And you have to know this because it's coming. And if you're not prepared for it, put you a step and a half, almost two steps behind the other kids that were prepared for it. Listen to this. Let's go back, right? Let's rewind a clip, a tape from, and if anybody's listening or watching right now, if you watch our show for a very long time, we we had a couple people on, but Raheem, when Raheem came on, Chosen League, the chosen league, the, the, yes, the shout commissioner. Out shout out to my, my my man, Fifty Grand. He he has he said something that we laughed so hard about, which was crazy because he said we have players out here, we have kids out here that are trying to get better, mm-hmm. trying to get better, and we have trainers out here that are charging these parents mm-hmm. and these kids to help them get better. Mm-hmm. He said you can't be no trainer out here. With Timberland boots on, absolutely, and you know, and you all out here like yeah. he said. It's, and then you got trainers that's on the side just pointing and telling, mm-hmm. "No, you got to be out here. You got to be touching. You got to be bumping them. You got to prepare." Them. And that's yep. what we talking about, absolutely. And, and that's two years ago we had that conversation. Yeah. Still it's relevant not now. Yeah, it's, it's not relevant. longer than two years. It's a lot longer. Yeah, and you got to remember that in the whole, when it comes to playing basketball. It's not as physical as football. No. But it's quick hitch movement mm-hmm. along with pumping, pushing, elbows, yeah. everything that comes along with it. And then you got players out there that's just really out there to try to hurt you. So how are you going to mm-hmm. function with that? Mm-hmm. So all that stuff kicks in. Yep. Basketball still to this day is probably one of the most refined sports because it, it requires you to do... It's three-dimensional. And what I mean by that, and if anybody, you know, you're listening and you're watching, basketball in a whole is three-dimensional because you have to go, you're jumping up. Yep. You're coming down. You're moving forward. You're moving back. Mm -hmm. You're moving side Side to side. side. It's just like a Mm -hmm. directional D-pad. Yep. And you sometimes you hit the floor and you got to get back up. Mm -hmm. So it's in three dimension, where a lot of stuff in football is forward, back. Mm-hmm. Side to side, according yep. to what position you play, yeah, you gotta jump. You gotta, you're yeah. going to be doing that more yep. often. But most running backs ain't jumping up. Right. Every once in a while, they jump over well, somebody. People, yeah. But the physicality of the sport, yeah. it it it's kind of it. Well, we look at the league now, and it's a little soft. Mm-hmm. But it's still physical, and the physical yeah. guys in the league right now, they get a bad rep. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw the physical of the game. Speaking of the NBA, we saw that in game one. Nuggets Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Definitely saw it there. Yeah, it was it saw. It was man. it was I think a surprise to Jokic and Murray. Mm-hmm. And no discredit to them. They are stars or budding stars in their own right. But you're playing guys who are or at one time were legit stars. And I mean the LeBrons and ADs are the stars right now. But at one point Dwight Howard was a star. He was. Okay. So that physical nature that he's bringing, 
It is just what the doctor ordered, he so to speak. Been so great if he just remained a defensive player. Yep. He would have been to, a, of the. He would have been an every time, guy. Every time we, talk, we say that all the time. Every man. time I talk to somebody about the White Howard, you know what I'm getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. I always revert back to Patrick Ewing being an assistant coach on that Orlando team, and Patrick Ewing said, "If this kid would get out of the weight room and spend more time on the court at that particular time." Mm-hmm. He, he could have been the best center in the league. Well, let's remember, too. There was a particular time when they were in Orlando. It was, it was yeah, when he was in Orlando. And you had Rashard Lewis was on that team, too. Mm-hmm. I believe Turkaloo. Yep. Turk, Turk was, was on, on that, that team. team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but everybody on that team just got big as hell. Yeah. And... <laughs> What happened later was there was some sort of enhancement right. that came up on the NBA line. Now, Jameer ain't had nothing to do with that. Mm. Jameer had nothing to do with that. He naturally got bigger, but there was some stuff with Dwight Howard and Rashawn Lewis right. where they was taking specific yeah. products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But like you said, had he ever... Like refine his game because Orlando tried to make him an offensive player, right? But you couldn't run the ball through him because his his skill set offensively was limited, right? That team with Jameer Nelson team, yeah. But that team also had the snipers. Every like they had shooters. Mm-hmm. That Orlando team was straight. If he would have said, "I'm going to go out here and dominate these boards," I'm going to do a Rodman. And get you twenty five rebounds or twenty rebounds, yep. and just focus on that putbacks and get it. I think they would have. I think that they would have won that chip or been in contention yeah. to win that chip. They had a hell of a team, man. They did. They had a hell of and, a and team. And that type of talent is kind of overlooked right now because of the way the NBA has changed. And, and it's a shame because those were great times. They were a great times. For us as basketball, basketball fans. Basketball that was, was good. Those were great times. Basketball was good. So I got some announcements. The WNBA gave out their award, their league awards. Aja Wilson of the Aces wins the league MVP. Crystal Dangerfield of the Lynx wins Rookie of the Year. And Coach of the Year goes to Crystal's coach, Cheryl Reeve of the Minnesota Lynx. Mm-hmm. So now, since we got that out the way, and we've got some other stuff that we're going to get to. We're going to get to these scores. Uh, going back to Thursday, the Battle of Ohio, Cleveland takes that 35-30. to 30. We move into yesterday's games. And like I said, we got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. About bro. yesterday's games. And not just our particular teams in that respect, but about what happened yesterday mm-hmm. throughout the entire NFL. We start off the Giants. Fall to the Bears, 17-13. A lot of key, few key mistakes down the stretch for young guy Daniel Jones. So it's probably going to be another tough, long season mm-hmm. for the Giants unless they get that fixed. Dallas miraculously comes back and beats Atlanta, 40-39. Screw up in that game. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end, towards that end of that game. And I can't not give them credit because they did it as bad as I want to because it's Dallas. But I have to give them credit. They paid attention to detail in that last play. And we'll talk about that once we get through the scores and get back to it. 
Uh, Green Bay put a whooping on uh, Detroit, 42-21. Tennessee edges out Jacksonville, 33-30. Indianapolis beats Minnesota, 28-11. Another, as we like to say here, typical game for Kirk Cousins after having some success last year Mm -hmm. um, and week one. Yesterday, he looked like the Kirk Cousins from the old Washington Redskins that we were used to. Yeah, much. Miami falls to Buffalo 31-28. San Francisco beats the Jets 31-13. Sheesh. The Rams come cross country and beat up on my Eagles 37-19. Denver falls to Pittsburgh 26-21. Carolina falls to Tampa Bay 31-17. The Washington football team loses to Arizona 30-15. KC in a tough one. Edges out the Chargers 23-20. Baltimore beats up once again on Houston 33-16. And the Sunday night game, a saving game by the Seattle Seahawks. They edge out New England 35-30. Completing tonight's uh, schedule, or this week's schedule, week two schedule, New Orleans at Las Vegas 8-15 tonight. So, before we get into the injuries... And part of the injuries can go into this game. We talk a little bit about that Dallas-Atlanta game. I am shocked with Atlanta to an extent, mm-hmm. but I've seen this before from them. I've seen it from them on the biggest game in the NFL season, Super Bowl against the Patriots. They were up big yeah. and ended up losing that game. Now, you let this team come back, and mind you, Dallas is suffering the injury bug too. Mm-hmm. They've got, I think um, I heard uh, Ian Rappaport say they've got like five starters that are out. But nonetheless, they are hit with the injury bug as well as a bunch of other teams in the league. So we can't use the injury bug as an excuse for teams winning or losing mm-hmm. of that nature because it's going, it's all throughout the NFL. Yeah. But what I want to get to is we have to remember, and we talk about this all the time, and we sometimes laugh about it, and we say that some of these guys get to the pros after playing football for a good portion of their life, starting out in peewee leagues. And then they get to the pros, and sometimes they forget or lose sight of fundamentals, basic football. And this entails with the rules as well. So if you don't know what I'm referring to, late in that game, Dallas got the ball back. They got it to within, I think, uh, three, two, whatever. Right. Four points or whatever. Whatever they got. They got it real close. They had the opportunity. And we all know onside kick is coming. They got the time. They got a chance to win this game, steal it. Mm-hmm. Onside kick is coming. We know that. We as fans watching it on TV, the few people that were in the stands know it. Okay? So we all know rules of the onside kick. The kicking team cannot touch the ball until it blows 10 yards. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, the receiving team can basically touch the ball right off the tee. Right. And I'm just exaggerating when I say right off the tee. But put it in layman's terms, as soon as the ball is kicked, they can go and get it. Mm-hmm. So, if you watch that play, as you see, the Cowboys players are doing their due diligence. They know the kick is coming. They're watching the kick. They're watching it bounce. They're watching it bounce. And then it's like almost a shocker to them. They're looking that none of the Falcons are actually making a move to the ball. 
He goes right. to 10 yards, yeah, and they yeah, jump yeah, on the ball. Yeah. And then the Falcons want to try and get into it. Actually, when that Dallas player attempts to go in to grab the ball, the, that, that's when they start to go in. So I can't really say that you could fault Dan Quinn because after that post-game show, I heard people saying that it's really going to be a hot seat for Dan Quinn right now. I don't know if you can really put that on him because, like I said, us sitting at home, if you watch that game when you got bonus coverage or whatever, you knew that the onside kick was coming. They got a chance to win a game after losing in week one. Got a chance to win. So the onside kick is coming. You know, you it. know it. You know it's coming. Okay? You know it. Even if they line up for the onside kick and don't go do the onside kick, you see it in front of you, so you have to be expecting it as far as the receiving team, at worst. There's no reason, really, conceivable reason for that to happen. It should have never it, It's a, a mental block, a huge mental block on it, that team. And the question is, well, what is going on in that huddle prior mm-hmm. to it? Like, right. you know, like, special teams-wise, everybody, everybody in the world watching that game knows the onside kick is coming. It's coming. So how is it that you're, 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 you have this delayed reaction? You have a delayed reaction to, to the movement of the ball. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. Like I said, I you're just that. standing there watching it and watching it, and it's like you've got to know they've got to wait 10 yards before they can touch it. They're kicking the ball to you. So you come on, you come go on get out. It. Go get it. I mean, they don't call it the hands like team. Like the real bright ball. When they, they, don't, right. <laughs> they don't call it the hands team for nothing. Yeah. You know, you put you your hands team reason. out there, you there for a reason. Go get the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to get the ball to win. To have an opportunity to win. Yeah, yeah. And you're already up. Makes, in my opinion, it makes it more important that you go and get the ball. This team just drove down and scored on you. I I just don't get it. I don't get it. And you you have to, in the back of your mind, you know your mishap with that two-point conversion that was failed, Mm -hmm. which at that point, if you had converted that two-point conversion, it probably wouldn't have mattered if they got the ball and scored again or not. Or not, right. You would have probably been up four. And you would have just had to let your defense hold them to a field goal and still come away with the edgy win. But even in that right, an onside kick, and, and you just don't even make an attempt to go after the ball, it, it's mind-boggling to me. I Listen, like you said, you get paid to do a job. And if your job – first of all, if, you on, if, you're, if you're on special teams, nine times out of ten – you ain't on the field no other time nope. except for when the ball's getting kicked off, a kick return, a yep. uh, uh, kickoff, punt return, mm-hmm. or a punt. Yep. So you should be completely focused, tied to detail. Absolutely. Now, when the hands is in, those are receivers. Yep. That's your receiver core. Mm-hmm. So it's like, come on, my man. Come on. Like, yeah. come on. You're going to stay in there and watch it. And like, it wasn't like even work, just one of them right, just like, standing like there. Like you work for Kodak or somebody, <laughs> you know? So it, that can't go down to the coaching. Right, it can't. That some things you can blame coaches for, 
Mm-hmm. But then there's other things, man. The players have to do their job. And Absolutely. if the players don't do their job, naturally it makes the coach look bad. But players got to be held responsible for, for what they do and don't do as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that that's a part of it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's it's, a major, it's a major part of it. So now that we've got that out of the way, and again, as much as it kind of stings a little bit, but kudos to the Cowboys special teams yeah. for Doing what they were supposed to do, Listen to play you know. Brackets. And I was just gonna say before <laughs> before we move on, I was just gonna say, you know, we have that other old cliche: you only had one job mm-hmm. on special teams. You basically, you got two jobs: mm-hmm. you either get the ball or you make a tackle. Right. Those are your two jobs That's on special job. teams. Like you just said, it's either kickoff, kick returns, punts, or punt returns. Stay in your lane. You either make the tackle or you get the ball. You make the tackle or you get the ball. No, hey, listen, my so I got my brother, my brother and my man Harry on here. And they, you know, they they saying specific mm-hmm. things. You just fall on the ball and you know do you think? And my brother says, "Well, look, man, it's only week two, and no more excuses about this week two, bro. Listen, no yeah. more excuses. It, it, we in it now. No more excuses. You know, I just These had a games couple, count. I just had a couple people chime in on me, and one said that the coach, um, special teams here. coach." Has to take the fall for that? No. No, you can't. The, spe- the coaching at that point, I think, is not completely, but it's a good portion of coaching that's out of that, like Baldy just said. Yes. You're on the field, hands team. They call it the hands team for, for a specific reason. reason. For a reason. And for you to just stand there and watch the ball. And don't get me wrong, people. I understand over the past few years how we are totally still confused about some of the calls that are made in football, and it's starting to trickle into basketball yeah. a little bit now too, but yeah. more so football, where I can you can arguably easily argue and say, we still don't know what a pass interference is. We still don't know what a completed catch is. Right. In instant, in a lot of instances in the NFL, but that particular instance, nothing has changed. It's a kickoff. It's an onside kick. Mm-hmm. The rules have been the rules. Those rules have not been changed at all, except for the kickoff being moved up a little bit as far as where they kick off from. Mm-hmm. Not a major change. You right. just move the ball up. It's still the same concept. Everything remains. Onside kick. The ball gets kicked. Kicking team's got to wait 10 yards mm-hmm. and before they can touch it. That's, and that's like we it. said, the offensive team, the team that's receiving the ball, you can go get it whenever you want. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of times you see when onside kicks start kicked and they're bounced up into the air, you see that first wave with a receiving team go run and jump and get it at yeah. its highest point mm-hmm. off the bounce. And I know it didn't go 10 yards before it bounced. Oh, right. Right. You know? Now, a lot of times when they kick that bounce, they are looking for it to carry 10 yards for that kicking team to catch up. Mm-hmm. And possibly get in the mix and come up with a scram and come scramble mm-hmm. and get the ball back. So I, I fought that all on the hands team, or as we could say now, the no hands team. Because no <laughs> they didn't <laughs> use their hands at all. They just used their eyes in that whole instance. <laughs> so I also, just to top off some of the injuries that we're going to talk about, some of the major injuries, and this one can be plumped right into the major injuries. I just got a ticker, Christian McCaffrey. He's going to miss multiple weeks. They didn't say the year. They're going to miss multiple weeks right multiple now. Weeks. So we go back in, and the Denver Broncos, they lost their court starting quarterback, Drew Locke, 
he's out two to six weeks. Saquon Barkley, it's a fear in Giants land that he tore his ACL. So that means he would ideally be lost for the Ooh. season. Hence, that's they're true. now that's on rough. the boat for Devontae Freeman, as I posted last week. The Eagles were going to bring him in. The Eagles still bring him in. Mm-hmm. Just because the Giants don't bring him in because you had him first. So you can actually help yourself mm-hmm. and keep your division mate at bay by bringing him in and getting something done. Mm-hmm. Or at least presenting something very lucrative or very attainable on the table when he comes. So Eagles, get on that and do that. The biggest benefactor of the injury bug was 49. And, you sent the picture yesterday when we were talking to Frank. You guys have been Mike Tyson with the injury bug. So, so, Dealing with injuries, we all know injuries happen. Injuries mm-hmm. is part of the game. That's what it, that's what it is. Yep. But coming into that game, as well as us, as well, we had injuries, and the Jets had injuries. The Jets had just as many injuries as us. <coughs> it was the quality of players that was injured on our team. So we had more starters right. that were injured. Right. We got guys on IR that that are starters. They can't play. So now, you come into this game, you lose your best DN. Mm-hmm. You bring you bring your your second guy in DN. He get hurt. Yep. D Ford is still out. Mm-hmm. We lost uh, uh, what you call lad dish uh, uh, over the over the off season. Yep. So. Emmanuel Sanders was a free agent. He's gone. He's gone. Mostert so, got you that 80-yard touchdown. Now he's banged up. So he's banged up now. Starting QB is QB, banged up. He's banged up. So now you got all these players that that normally is carrying your load. Now you're relying on first-year players, Brandon IU. Yep. That wide receiver. You, you're hoping that Jordan Reed can, can come through. He came up big mm-hmm. for us or whatever. You know, you got Yuschek. Uh, He's a fullback. Now you're trying to put him at running back mm-hmm. along with Devontae. Like, you got all these yeah. holes that you got to fill. But in reality, that's just offense. Yep. What about defense? defense? The core of who we are. Yep. You know what I mean? The reason why we were able to get as many reps as we could last year is because the defense got them one, two, three out. Yep. So your offense could... Every once in a while, mess up and go one, two, three out. But you knew you had a defense that can get you the ball back. Now you got guys putting together plays, yeah, runs, runs, plays, and and I mean that first half against the Jets, I was like, oh, this we 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 gonna mess around and lose these jokers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We gonna mess around and lose these jokers. And at any given any given time, any given day. Any given Sunday, players can. can lose. Yep. So it's just one. I mean, teams can lose. So it's just one of the things when you look at the amount of guys that we got hurt, the the roles that these guys play, mm-hmm. and how long they're going to be out. Absolutely. Because in our division, we got y'all coming up. Mm-hmm. Not this week. The following the following week. week, we got uh, uh, Carolina on that list. We got, uh, I believe, New England yeah. is in that loop. Yep. We got the Giants next. 
So in our next four games, I mean, the Giants, to me, because they lost Saquon Barkley, I feel like that's a game we can win. Mm-hmm. But now when we come to y'all, hopefully, well, y'all come to us. But when we play y'all, if y'all haven't won a game, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous game for us. Absolutely. Because, they, again, any given Sunday. Yep. And when you got a team, and, and we still don't have it. Right, Harry, you're right. We still don't have uh, and, Richard Sherman. He's out, too. And if the Eagles don't have a win going into that game, it makes it that much more important for the Eagles to try and steal that game. Got to, because it, it, can, and, it, can, it can be a momentum shift for right. the team. And ironically, and this is what I don't understand about yesterday's game, it, it still confuses me how they – started to pick up and steal the momentum going into halftime. And then they come out in the second half and they lay an egg. But they're beginning to get healthy as opposed to everybody else getting unhealthy. The Eagles are getting people back. They got Lane Johnson back. They got Boston Scott back. They got Miles Sanders back. Uh, In a few weeks, they'll probably have Alshon back. But I don't really understand what's going on as far as the coaching standpoint, on both sides of the ball. I, I I did like some adjustments that were made that I saw yesterday. I did see Carson Wentz throw a couple balls away. I did see that. I saw him getting rid of the mm-hmm. ball quicker, which is a good sign. But on the defensive side of the ball, we're getting we're we're back in that recycling door, that uh turnstile door in that secondary. We're incurring the same issues that we've incurred the last several mm-hmm. years. And, I mean, you go out and you make a trade and you get your you get a solid lockdown corner. You need that big time. You need that. But now you have to complement that. You have to make sure these other guys understand who he is and how we have to complement what's going on on the backside of the ball. You can't keep getting tricked on – the swing plays and the change of direction plays, which is killing us mm-hmm. in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, the front four and somewhat the front three, front seven, if you will, pretty much did their job yesterday. Eagles didn't give up a sack, but they did sack and put some pressure on mm-hmm. uh, Jared Goff in that game. So that's there. And I think that is the backbone of our defense, our front four. More so than the front seven, ideally the front four. And yeah. we've got some injuries there, yeah. and they still held up. Yeah, It's a matter of that secondary where too many guys were open. It's no discredit to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, very good receivers. But considering some of the top receivers in the league, yeah, they're, not, they're in they're, that second tier. Yeah. They're not and the top two. these are guys that you make look like they belong in that mm-hmm. first tier, and, and it shouldn't be happening. Well, another thing too is uh, with your secondary. Uh, shout out Will Parks. Uh, once Will get healthy, mm-hmm. that I think is, that's going to help. Yeah, yeah that's that going to help a lot because he's still a little, he's still a little yeah. having little hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. But I think he may be ready week three or four. Yeah. So that allows you to be a little more diverse because mm-hmm. you can use him in a dime package, nickel package. You can use him as a strong safety, as a small Absolutely. linebacker. You kind of—he's been a Swiss Army knife for everything that y'all been trying to do. It just so happens he had that that hand, that that injury. 
and it's nagging, you know what I mean, to not be out there. But I think that strengthens that strengthens your secondary. And, and it kind of it kind of uh fills a need that's 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 there. You know what I mean? It fills that hole a little bit mm-hmm. to where you still should be trying to get looking for another corner. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't but he's not gonna play corner. Right. He's gonna play, play safety. safety. So mm-hmm. it's just it's one of them things according to the package right. that you and put out right. on the field. Right. And when he comes back, unfortunately, it might mean that Jalen Mills may end up going back to corner. Right. You know, so right. like you said, we'll still need another corner. So before we close out with our week three picks, there was a question that we talked about last night amongst ourselves, the team of the show. And and I understand Frank was a little upset because of the way the injury bug hit. And when I mentioned it to him, immediately he went right into the, yeah, but the Eagles are 0-2. And I said, yeah, It, it wasn't fine. a response. Right. I, I said, like that, a- that's fine. And, and I mentioned to him, I said, I wasn't talking about the records. I wasn't coming at you. <laughs> All I wanted to know, and it was just something that popped into my head. Right, it was right, just one right. of those things where I said, now your starting QB is out. Who's your backup quarterback? And with him being out, does it matter? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, week. And see what happens. And that's so, our bye week. It we matters. Did. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It matters. Now, what if that bye week wasn't there? Right. It matters because... Now you have Nick Mullins. And like you said, Nick Mullins was serviceable. Mm-hmm. But the schedule that you just brought up. We're going to have to run the ball. Is he serviceable lot. enough where the coach will want to put the ball in his hands to try and not lose the game? I'm not even going to go yeah, say win, yeah. to not lose those games. That's the difference. So, in my opinion, when you have a star player or players that are down, for multiple weeks, it matters. It matters big time. It matters. It's, it matters a lot, especially with the injuries. With the injuries, the yeah. time frame, it, it and matters. you look over the course of the four major sports. This type of situation bodes the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And people are probably saying, "Well, no, it could be bad for basketball too." I'm sure people are thinking that. People are saying that. But here's the difference. Without this bubble season, we look at basketball. Basketball is a longer season. It's 82 games in a regular season. Mm-hmm. Okay? The way the game has changed now in basketball, they got this low management nonsense and this and that. So you can buy yourself some extra time right. throughout the regular season. We're not even talking, we're not even gonna go into playoff runs or anything like that. We're just gonna talk about regular seasons. Alright? You can buy yourself some time. Give yourself a gray area, if you will, some wiggle room. In basketball, in hockey, in baseball, you can do that because mm-hmm. you got enough games throughout your regular season where you have that wiggle room. In football, you have a 16 game season, 17 weeks, so everybody gets a bye week, so everybody gets a week off, but it's only one week off. Mm-hmm. You only play football once a week, right? Right. Now, getting back to that situation, somebody's gonna be out. Four to six weeks. We're already in week two. We're not even going to talk about records right now, but you're already in week two. So let's just say, let's play devil's advocate a little bit, and let's just say everything goes well, 
perfect in a perfect world. Everything goes good. Jimmy G does come back to start week seven. They say six weeks, so we'll give him week seven. Now you're halfway through the season. Yeah. Okay. Looking at that division, which is always a tough division, you could be at that point on the outside looking in where those next eight games, five of them count heavily. And I'm just throwing the number out there out of those eight. Five could count very heavily because in those five games, possibly two of those five are probably going to be division games. Yeah. Well, listen to this. So my man, my, uh, my man just chimed in too. So everyone, like I'll, I'll, I'll see if, if, if any of this resonates with you because I just happen to be reading something. Mm-hmm. So my man Fred Boone, big Fred, played for the Eagles, played did, did his time in the league. And um, he made a statement. He said, as an ex-player, I'll keep it short. For three seasons, I'll complain about Wentz. Now cats are calling me saying, I think you're right. As a middle linebacker, I always saw him different. He's a big problem. And you got to remember, you know, he's coming from a middle linebacker standpoint. Mm-hmm. Goes back to what we said before. If somebody played the game, they see it with a different set of eyes than you and I because we didn't play it on that level. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at I'm looking at the Eagles in terms of what's next. In terms of cause now you gotta start thinking, man, like, okay, if this dude can't get it done, mm-hmm. how long, how long in terms of in terms of games? Mm-hmm. Because this is the beginning of the season. So will you be okay? Mm-hmm. With going the remainder of the season, mm-hmm. losing without taking him out of there and hoping mm-hmm. that who you drafted is going to be, we got to move on from this. Yeah. And what would know, be that game for right. you? What would be the game that you you would think they should make that change? If things, if we're at week ten, mm-hmm. and your record is four and six. You're six. going into week 11. So you're 4 and 6 mm-hmm. going into week 11. Are you make is it is it is it going to be placed on what the defense have or have not done that's causing the issue or are you going to look to your quarterback to see okay, well what are I, what is our offense doing? Yeah. It, it now, might be a little bit of right. both, now but would say, you yeah. pull that trigger? Would now, you be willing me, to pull that trigger? Me putting my coaching hat on, putting myself in that particular instance, I would say it would be a little bit of both for me. Mm-hmm. A little bit more on my quarterback because if I look at the defense and see what they're doing, all I can really say is they're doing their homework. They're doing their right. due diligence. Right. At that point, going into week 11, I think I have to make a decision and say, you've got this week to make or break. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you week 11. I'm not going to pull you at halftime, nothing. I'm giving you week 11. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen in week 11, then we got to start preparing to make that change. Now we get, it's different now. Playoffs, they done added an extra. Right. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying, I, I've got to give it to you. And I also it really I think. Come, I think it comes down to the division and what's going right. on in the division. I think, I think it would come down to the division. And also, I think it would come down to the 
moxie, if you will, of that particular player. Hence, in our situation, our quarterback. Mm-hmm. What do you do week 12, week 13? Do you suck it up and take your job back in week 13? Because it's not going to happen. If, it, if they pull, give you pulled, it's not going to happen in week 12. You're going to sit in week 12 regardless. Yeah. So you got to look forward. If you start at 11, you got to look forward to week 13. Now, what are you going to do for those two weeks to get back in the saddle? Is right. what I have to look at. So for me, it's a little bit of both. More so on our side with our quarterback. I give you that week mm-hmm. to either stay in the saddle or be moved out of the saddle. Mm-hmm. But I also, in the back of my mind, I keep a, a, a kind of peripheral on you to see what's going on with you. What are you going to do yeah. come week 13? Yeah. Because I have time to say, well, we going with the young kid. But then... We can go into them week 13 prior to that game practices, and I can say, well, he showed me something. Right. Division games. Like you said, we got division game coming up. Mm -hmm. He kind of knows them better. Let's see where he he is. He does. You know, week 13. Let's see where he is and what happens. We got got a lot of football guys on here. And then at that point. They agree. Yeah. It's a lot of agreeing going on. And then at that point in week 13, if it doesn't happen, then you have to start prepping the young person or whoever's coming mm-hmm. behind them for 14, 15, and 16. You got to give them them games. You have to Yeah. at that point. And like you said, it's no disrespect. And people, we also have to remember, and I appreciate all the football people chiming mm-hmm. in, Definitely. but I have to say this to the non-football people or just to the sports fans, you have to remember it's also a business. Right. And business it's a business, first, business of winning. Business first. It's a business of winning. Okay? And we know a lot of times the coach is usually the first to be going to scapegoat. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to the players as well. They have to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you have a consensus from the show and from everybody tuned in, the football players that were tuned in, that, and we just brought it up with football because that's what we were talking about at mm-hmm. a particular moment. But it covers all four sports. It does. And like I said, it hits football the hardest because you don't have as much wiggle room in football as you do in the other sports because the season is so short. It's shorter and it's a little mm-hmm. bit more condensed than what it is. So with that being said, we got schedules here. Yeah. Before we take our first break, and we talked to y'all for a good time. Mm-hmm. This is a great, great conversation, mm-hmm. great dialogue today. As you know, we are doing our football pools as yes, we do we every football season. We are getting ready to give you our picks for week three. Week three. Week three schedule will go up tomorrow after the Monday night game to close out week two tonight. Remember, folks, there are prizes on the line. Yes, there are. Okay. So we've had one winner. Without cutting you off, um, did you tally up your guys who put in? I only got one. Okay. I don't know what's so going got, on with people this week. I got right, one. I got, I got one, one two, from LJ. Three, four, five, six. I and got I seven haven't, people. Okay, I got LJs, and I haven't gone through it okay. yet because I was That's trying me. to give some people yeah, Sunday to get them in or whatever. But I'll do LJs. Uh, I'll do his tally no today. No rush. We'll do because yeah. I, I won't. We won't report who won until yeah, so, tomorrow. Until anyway. tomorrow, anyway. Yeah. That's so right. I'll give. I'll get some time into it today, and I'll get LJs picks or other. LJ, don't worry. You're still in the. You're still in. Everybody that put in is still in. We just got to tally some things up. 
So there are prizes on the line. And again, folks, we're going to post the schedule. You don't have to. You can screenshot it, check off the boxes, and send it to myself at uh, at sportswrap underscore d on Instagram, or you can put it in the group page sportswrap radio show on Facebook, or you can send it to Baldy Aaron mm-hmm. Baldy Moore on Facebook or at ball b a l l seven five on Instagram. Yeah, there's a prize that would. All we ask is that you go in order. However you do it, if you just type in the men, go in order of the schedule. Yeah. It's easy for us to get the tally and get your scores, get your get your picks right. Also, since we have Thursday games, picks have to be in by 4 p.m. Thursday. Mm-hmm. So you got from Tuesday, which I'll probably post the schedule somewhere between 9 and 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So you got between Tuesday, let's say 10 at the latest. Mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Tuesday, 4 p.m. Thursday mm-hmm. to get your picks in. All right? So there is a prize that we'll be giving out to each winner each week. All right? And we may even decide to keep track of who wins on week-to-week basis. If we get somebody that wins a few times or whatever, or a few people, we might have a bigger prize at the end. Mm-hmm. So let's get into what we're going to get into. Thursday, September 24th, Miami at Jacksonville. I am going the stretch here. I'm not feeling Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. I'm going to go with Minshew Mania at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Chicago at Atlanta. (laughs) And I'm, I'm chuckling because I look at these schedules as I'm looking at football games the pri- the previous Sunday. So as I was watching games yesterday, I was looking at mm-hmm. this schedule. Beforehand, initially, I was swinging towards Atlanta. Although they lost week one. And like I said, I knew the situation with Dallas and their injuries. And I just felt like Atlanta had enough to overcome. And, you know, with them starting with a new coach yeah. week two early in the season, Atlanta might have got them. But... I have since changed, and I'm going with the Bears Bears. on the road. I'm going to go with the Bears. L.A. Rams at Buffalo. Tough one for me, although the Rams just did just beat the Eagles. I'm going, listen, I like Buffalo. I was getting ready to say, I'm I'm going going with Buffalo. I'm going with Buffalo as well. That defense out there is is something. Yeah. And they added Stephon Diggs on Mm -hmm. offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Josh Allen, their quarterback, showed me something yesterday, mm-hmm. too. The Washington football team at the Cleveland Browns. I, 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 that's, that's if I a was betting, up. this would be a push for me. That's a toss-up, but I think I'm going to go with... I think I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Cleveland at home I'm as gonna well. Go with, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think, I think the offensive side of the ball... Cleveland has a little bit more talent. Yeah, look like they figured some stuff out that's yeah. working for them. Uh, I don't Tennessee, think Washington figured it out. Yet. No, not yet. <laughs> Tennessee at Minnesota. Uh, I like the Titans because of that running game. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. The Raiders at the Patriots. Mm. I like the Patriots there. Yeah, I, I still doing something special. I still have some. Small issues with Derek Carr mm-hmm. at that quarterback position as far as him being able to sustain and win games for them. San Francisco at New York. Taking my Niners. Even with 
the plethora of injuries that are on that 49ers side of the ball, I think this game is going to come down to coaching. Mm-hmm. And I got to go with San Francisco in yeah. that game. I just think that uh, that that the Giants rely real heavy on Saquon yeah. Barkley without yeah. him being there. It's almost yep. like when Deuce Staley was like sixty percent right. of the and, offense. And, and there, they did. I just put, I told you earlier yeah. that they are going to have Devontae Freeman in for an interview yeah. and look over. Mm-hmm. But they're in a fight with the Eagles. The Eagles yeah. got him first, so we'll see how that situation plays out. Once again at home, the Eagles are playing the Bengals. I'm picking them again because, like I said, I saw some things yesterday as far as on the offensive side of the ball with Carson Wentz throwing the ball away. And Cincinnati with a rookie quarterback, I think that bodes well for the Eagles' front four. I don't know how their offensive line is. It's not that great. But, again, having a rookie quarterback, I think it bodes well for the Eagles and their front four. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh at Houston or Houston at Pittsburgh. I'm going with the young fella there, man. I like Houston on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Jets. I, I, I go with Houston. The Jets at the Colts. Uh, I'm going with Indy. I'm going with Indy yeah. at home. Indy. Yeah. Carolina at the L.A. Chargers. Major injury for uh, Carolina. I got to swing yeah. with the Chargers I'm at home. Chargers. Tampa Bay at Denver. Another key injury for the Broncos at starting QB. I go with Tampa Bay on the road. Detroit at Arizona. I'm going with Kyler Murray. I'm going with Arizona, Arizona at home. Dallas at Seattle. I'm going with Russ and the guys at home. All right, listen to this. This is going to be my wild card. <laughs> That's going to be your wild card. Dallas think, over. Listen. Dallas over Seattle at home. <laughs> now, you can take. I, I, listen, I, all right, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with Dallas. Well, wait before you make that go pick. Ahead, go ahead. Just look at the next game because I was gonna tell you the next game yeah, could the be next your game wild is card. A, is a, is a, is a toss up. The next game could be your wild card. The next two after that. Right. So for me, I'm gonna take Green Bay on the road as my wild card for okay. the Green Bay New Orleans game. All right, and I'm then gonna I'm going to I'm going to take Dallas. I'm going to mm-hmm. take Dallas over Seattle, but I'm going to go with New Orleans. Okay, and then in, in Monday night, next Monday, I'm going to go with KC over Baltimore because right. I just have a feeling, and it's been known, and knowing Andy Reid as long as he was here with the Eagles, his teams usually bounce back from close games or losses. They bounce back very well, mm-hmm. so I'm going with them with that. So, folks, it is now 12.06. We went an extended period today because we had a lot to discuss. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about these NBA playoffs, and we're going to talk some Sixers and the work that they need to do in their offseason. You are tuned in to Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. It's your boy Paul. We'll see you on the other side in just a few minutes. Trying to get with this chick for a month now. Folks, what's happening? I've been trying to uh, trying to maneuver. Final closing out of today's episode of Sports Rap Podcast. We are always, as you know, once again, live. You know where to find us. So we are now going to delve into some NBA playoffs, and we're going to talk some Sixers because that's where we meet. Mm-hmm. We both, we're both Sixers fans, except for Frank, the Lakers fan. Frank is in his glory right now. <laughs> but... We will definitely see what happens. Before we get into that, 
Um, I want to give some shout outs to some people that I couldn't. We were so intense in that dialogue mm -hmm. that I didn't get a chance to acknowledge them like I usually do when we are live. So, Ronique LeVar Haney, Nate, Drew Nate, Nelson, Nate. Shawana M. Jordan, my sister all the way from the shy, Kenny Lomax, a good friend from college, and the one and only Ivan Mighty Mouse Robinson. Tuned yes, in. I thank you all for tuning in. And like I said, apologies. The dialogue earlier today was just great mm -hmm. and it just kept was flowing so i didn't acknowledge you all as i usually do when you chime in mm -hmm. but would you know i'm gonna hold the paper up i am taking notes so when i get to it when i see you i will acknowledge you mm -hmm. even if i don't if i have to acknowledge you in the comments when i post the video later on whatever i will go into the comments and acknowledge everybody that chimed in if i have to do it that way but you will be recognized once again, don't forget the football picks, the pools will go up tomorrow. You got from Tuesday, 10 a.m. to Thursday, 4 p.m. to get your picks in. And ideally, we would like you to have them in on Wednesday mm -hmm. to give us that early part of Thursday. But we're going to give you till 4 o'clock. So you got four hours before kickoff, four and a half hours before kickoff on Thursday to get those picks in. So we're going to... Go back a little bit. We touched on this a little bit in the opening. And we talked about a little bit how, how the game has changed as far as the NBA. And we got two series going on right now. We're into the conference finals. We got Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets, the Lakers, Eastern Conference Finals, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. So let's start let's start with the Heat and the Celtics. And that's a great place to start because the last segment we just talked about, we talked about having a star missing and does it matter to the team's progression. Mm -hmm. This particular series is sort of a perfect example because Boston in games one and two held double-digit leads, but they lost the third quarters in both of those games. Right. Ultimately, opening the door, not slamming the window shut or the door shut on Miami. And Miami came back and won those two games. Mm -hmm. Ironically, late in game three, Miami cut it to five with about a minute and a half, almost two minutes, somewhere around there. Right. Now, the reason I wanted to go there first is because, like I said, it, it goes into what we just talked about as having a star player or a key player either in or out of the game. Mm -hmm. You could very easily argue and debate that Gordon Hayward was missed in games one and two. And to back that up, it showed mm -hmm. in game three. Now, you look at the stats at first, they were missing another 20-point scorer on that team for those first two games. Now, although he did not score 20 points in game three, his presence Made a little bit of a difference. Made a big difference. Yeah. At times. You know, I'm only saying a little bit because I don't like Boston. <laughs> but I got to give him credit. Like I said, as a media member, I have to give him credit. As a mm -hmm. basketball fan, I have to get credit where credit is due. So it made a difference. And I'm going to agree with Baldy now. I'm going to get my head out of my you-know-what. <laughs> and I'll be brutally honest and say it, it made a big difference. You could see it. Because like I said, Miami 
cut it to five late in that game. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the instances of game one and two, if that had been the same instance in game three, Miami would be up 3-0. They possibly would be. Yeah, yeah. They, they would be. Yeah, I'm sure be, they would be. Yeah. And it's funny because I was talking about this last week to a couple of guys I know um, at work. And I watch the NBA jump while I'm at work sometimes. And I always have mixed opinions or mixed views on some of the comments of Kendrick Perkins. Mm-hmm. These particular comments that I'm getting ready to paraphrase for you and give you what he said about that particular series after games one and two was right on point, and I was in total agreement. One of the things he said was, the Boston Celtics have come into game one and two in the bubble, excuse me, with their Versace, excuse me, Versace shades on, their Gucci <laughs> slippers, Versace Rose and Versace swimming trunks. The Miami Heat stormed in the games one and two with steel toe boots on mm-hmm. and old school tin lunch mm-hmm. pails with the thermos in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we get back to the point and we talk about the Gordon Hayward effect. He made a difference. Now, I think Miami's going to get game four, which is going to be a pivotal game. In this series. It definitely is. I think Miami is going to get game four. For the simple fact that they were being beaten throughout that entire game. Mm -hmm. And still had the fight to cut it to five. Mm -hmm. But at that point, it was in that free throw game. That's why that league looked like more than what it was in that game. And Boston did what they were supposed to do. They knocked down free throws. So... I think Miami is going to get game four. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah I can give you that. And getting back once again to star players being missing or removed from the team, and I said this to somebody else too. I said, imagine the Sixers. We saw what happened when Ben Simmons couldn't play. They're a different team. Mm-hmm. It happens to everybody. When a star goes out, the team is different. Star or key players go out, the team becomes different. Not saying it's bad, it's not saying it's good. But we know there is a difference. McCaffrey's out four to six weeks. So we know there is a difference. One of the things I said was actually, I said two things. I said, looking at Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, the guys that are around them, I said, if Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid do what I just said I was doing, get their head out of their asses Mm -hmm. and get a thousand percent focused on the game at hand. They could be right there or very close to where Denver is, even with the roster that they have right now. Right in the mix, man. Okay. And like I said, we saw the difference when Ben Simmons was out through the regular season, but then we got to the playoffs and it's a whole different animal we know in the NBA with the playoffs. One of the reasons why back when, when I talked about it, when they went out, that in the playoffs, Shake just proved to me that he's not ready to be a starter mm-hmm. in the NBA. No discredit to him. He's yeah. just not ready to be your main starter, mm-hmm. your main guy at the point guard position. So Gordon Haywood coming back helped Boston mm-hmm. a lot. They got a win. Played a much-needed win. Played 30 minutes. Played 30 minutes. Absolutely. So if he hadn't come back, like we just mentioned, there is a strong chance 
that the uh, that the Miami Heat could be up three zip. Mm-hmm. It's a very good chance that that could have happened. Okay. Now we get back into it and we look at the Miami Heat. Ideally, they have one star. They have a few. They have a few budding stars. As Bam Adebayo was an All Star this year, mm-hmm. for the first time, but their star is the one that we let get away. Mm-hmm. Th- that's their star, Jimmy Butler. And going back to the Sixers before we get into their off season stuff, I also I mentioned that I understood why they offered to buy us the max. I wasn't in agreement with it. But I understood the business side where you had both of those guys. One of those guys was already hinting that he wasn't returning. So ideally, coming from where you were, you couldn't let both of them leave. Right. You had to keep one of them, if not both of them. Mm-hmm. They went with the other side because that what was that that's was was ugh, that's what was presented to them at the time. So again, I didn't like the money, and I thought that. Tobias would have been a good third person to go along with mm-hmm. Joe and Ben. I also said some things to some people that I think Joe needs to be looking at Jokic and how he's played. Not right now because the physical nature of the game and the veteran presence is getting under his skin right now. But throughout those early, those first two rounds of the playoffs, the way he played, the way he performed, the key things, the passing out of the double team, the knowing when to shoot the threes. Mm-hmm. And I think that will help Joe along the way. And like I said, there's no discredit. I love Joe. He's one of my favorite players. I mean, shit, he's the top player. He's the top eight player in the league right now. And we get to that point where at the end of the season, we talk about the Sixers, they fired the coach, whatever. Some guys said what they things about accountability. What I had been saying and Baldy had been saying for a long stretch before it got to that point. Jimmy Butler even mentioned it on J.J. Reddick's podcast. Before he left, Mm -hmm. the accountability issue. So, they could be right there. And it's crazy because you was was talking about Boston. And in that Boston Heat series, what what stood out in that game three, outside of Gordon Hayward. Because, I mean, that changes up your defensive strategy. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that stood out too was, they had four players that scored 20 or more points. Mm -hmm. Where you got Miami had two guys, mm-hmm. so you got you got Marcus Smart giving you a dub. You got a problem. Mm-hmm. Even if only only if 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 Jason Tatum mm-hmm. gave you twenty five or whatever, Jalen Brown gave you twenty four, twenty two, whatever. You get Marcus Smart give you a dub. Yep, yep. that's a problem. Now, the only thing, only issue I have. Other than just Sixers fans, Philly fan, and we just don't like Boston. Period. Mm-hmm. That that's a given. Yeah, we don't like the only other thing, the game within the game, and this is me with my referee hat on, is I don't like the non-calling of the push off, the elbow push offs with Jason Tatum. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Hell of a talent. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hell of a talent. Going mm-hmm. to be a thorn in our side for the next ten years, if mm-hmm. not more. But it's got to be cleaned up. Or 
call it both ways. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand as far as the offensive present skill set, you put these two together, Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum has an edge. Because Jason Tatum will shoot the ball. He can right. go to the job, he'll shoot the ball. Ben does other things. Mm-hmm. But the issue I have is I'm watching the game, and that breakaway dunk that Jason Tatum got on, I think it might have been Jay Crowder. There was a push-off there in order for him to get space to get that dunk. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons does it. He gets called every time. Every time. Ben Simmons is a two-time All-Star. Mm-hmm. Two-time defense, all-defensive team player. Mm-hmm. One and two. Jason Tatum is a one-time All-Star. And like I said, they're very good at different things, different aspects of the game. But there has to be something in place. Kemba does it every so often as well, too, and it doesn't get called all the time. Either you're not going to call it either way, or you're going to have to start calling it both ways. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to become a problem later on down the line when things get heated. And this is a great series to look at with this Miami series. Mm-hmm. You got Jay Crowder, you got Andre Iguodala, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic. You got a veteran coaching staff, and those are veteran players. Right. They know how to get around that. Correct. And one of the things that I noticed with game one, I think it was either game one or game two, when they went triangle in two, mm-hmm. boxing one on Tatum. Mm-hmm. They got frustrated very, very quick. They did that boxing one against uh, with Kemba, too. Yeah. yeah. And he got frustrated. Yeah. And I was a little surprised at Kemba because Kemba had to carry for a good portion of his years in in uh, Charlotte. He had mm-hmm. to carry them. So he should have been Kinda a little bit to. more used to. Yeah. Now, I understand Tatum, but like I said, he was frustrated. Young bull, the way you're playing right now, you're going to have to get used to that mm-hmm. because other teams are now seeing that and, and they're going to use it. It may not be to the full extent of them playing boxing one, mm-hmm. triangle and two, but they're going to run those yeah. blitzes at something certain points up, of the game. Something enough to interrupt your fight. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it bothered him in game one and it bothered him in game two. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the attention changed with Gordon Hayward being back on the floor in game three. Yeah. So they couldn't do it as much as they possibly wanted to. So, I still think because of Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, the veteran leadership within that bench as far as coaching staff, and who Donis Haslam is still there, who's won championships. He doesn't play much, Mm -hmm. but his veteran presence is still there. I think that's going to give Miami the edge. and I I hate to say it, but I got a gut feeling that it's going to be six or may possibly even go the whole tilt at seven, Miami's going to edge him out. I, I think Miami has I think Miami has the nudge because I just think they got more dog in them mm-hmm. right now. And I think that when you look at, when you try to compare the two teams, I think offensively, naturally, Boston has more firepower. Mm-hmm. But defensively, Miami's the better to me. Still toe boots and lunch pails. Listen, man, they they get down and dirty. They don't care. They don't care. They play some damn. People talk about Toronto's defense. They play good defense defense out on the perimeter. I was getting ready to say. You know what I'm saying? People talk about Toronto's defense, how heralded that is. Yeah. I give Miami, Miami showed against them. 
we can one y'all. We can one yeah. up y'all on the defensive well, end. Well, what was I? The Sixers. What was our Achilles heel? Even when we had those silvers to, and they all that. It was supposed to be our defense. Our defense. We was the best rebounding team in the league. Yep. We was arguably a top five defense. Yep. But here's where the deficiency was: perimeter. We could not defend guards on a perimeter. Nope. So Stay they king. would cook us, dog. They were still doing they it. they like, oh, we got the Sixers tonight? Yep. Guards? Oh, it's oh y'all going to get up. Y'all going to get y'all money. What about, think about when we went to that Charlotte game. Mm-hmm. Kimba Walker had a field day against our guards. Yep. And he was all and if it wasn't, had. if it wasn't for Joel, we, we would have lost. lost that game. We would have lost. So now you're looking at a Miami team who has guards. Mm-hmm. Who has guards that can get their own shot, creating their own shot? Even Tyler when, Hero. Man, listen. Dragic can pretty much get and, his shot off. And when these he guys, the Tyler Heroes, the Duncan Robinsons, the Bam out of Bios, mm-hmm. that are still developing. But the veteran leadership, as far as the two players, Goran and Jimmy, the bench and the coaching staff have instilled so much trust in them. That their confidence is through the roof. Oh, most definitely. And they, so, play, and they play like So it. it's not phasing them at all. As you would think, as much as you would think it would, as would a player with that much years in the mm-hmm. league that they have. Well, let's go back to what we, we used to talk about. When you play defense, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive team, nothing else matters yeah. because you know how to turn defense Absolutely. into offense. And you know, one of the other things people forget. Basketball is relatively easy, mm-hmm. especially the offense. The object of the game is to put the ball in through the orange hoop. And that's the object. It's going to happen. <laughs> like I used to tell the kids when I coached them, I said, look, y'all got these kids down 40-something or whatever. They dead tired or whatever, and y'all worrying about them shooting the ball. They got to shoot the ball. That's the only way they're going to score. That's the only way. I said, but you got to think about this. Also, it's not that you're not playing defense. It's not that you're bad at it. It's just the numbers game. If they shoot 10, they're going to make one or two of them. Mm-hmm. It's a given. It's yeah. Because that's the object of the game. They're going to make some mm-hmm. of them. So you can't get frustrated and upset with that when you feel like you should be up 40 instead of 40, you know, instead of 30. Mm-hmm. They're going to make some of those shots if they keep shooting. Yeah, that's, that's, it, it's just a that's given. part of the game, like you said. It, it's just a given. So we move into the Western Conference Finals. Mm. That game last night. And the game last night. Crazy. I caught the highlights this morning before I came to the Crazy. Show. <laughs> but that game was really, really good. So, and so listen, so... All right, so Jay Lawson calls me last night. He this this is what we do. Playoff time, we we go back and forth. We so he shout out me. to Jay. Yeah, shout out to Jay. He called me, and this is probably with about five minutes left in the fourth. Calls me, and he says, "Yeah," because he rooting for Denver. Mm-hmm. He, he the underdog. Yeah, he, he rooting for Denver, and. I said to him, I said, yo, it's, it's Jokic time now. I said, Jokic's about to turn it up. I said, it's, just, it's in this dude. Mm-hmm. Start posting up. He start passing out the post. They start getting easier shots. He start pulling up. There was one shot that, a three, they were down two. And he 
He hesitated on the three. Defender came out. He took a step in, shot the jump shot, bricked it. Mm-hmm. The very next play down, he got the same opportunity, pulled it. And it was Dang. crazy because when when it happened, Jay texted me. I said, yo, you got to shoot that. Mm-hmm. The very next play, he hits it. And now they up one. So that it literally went back and forth for a little bit. Brian then shot an air ball. Mm-hmm. They get the ball back. They get up one. He listen, man. He put Anthony. He put Anthony Davis in in the pocket. Yeah, in the pocket. Boom, 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 boom. Game the hook. Put his mm-hmm. body to him. Boom, boom. Yep. Dropped it on him because Anthony Davis ain't want to follow him. He either. don't. Right. He don't want to follow him. He don't want that work. Just a quick note: Saquon Ball is is being confirmed. Saquon is done for the season. Woo! So yeah, get into like what you just said. One of the things. I talked about with Anthony Davis, and I talked about this with Frank as well, too. No discredit to Anthony Davis's game. I said, but too often, way too often, then he's put that stipulation in, I'm not coming to the Lakers if y'all want me to play the five. <laughs> okay, dude, listen. You got Dwight Howard. You got JaVale McGee there, too. All right, fine. But starting that game, you got to guard Joker. You got to. And the difference is... Joker can guard you on the perimeter where you want to stay. Mm-hmm. But in turn, when Joker takes you down on the block, what are you going to do? This is why Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee didn't play a lot in the previous series because yeah. they felt like they would be playing Denver. Mm-hmm. And they need those bodies now because Anthony Davis just won't play the five. Mm-hmm. So those two players, in a sense cancel out mm-hmm. more so canceling on the Lakers side with Anthony Davis because he's got to do more mm-hmm. Joker's comfortable with guarding you on the perimeter he's comfortable with getting on the block he's comfortable with shooting at the three he can do the same things you can do on offense yeah. he yeah. can start at the three he can dribble enough to get a shot mm-hmm. he can stand there he can shoot that three but his advantage is getting on that block his vision with his passing and being able to score on that block mm-hmm. against you. It's going to, at that, people we know, it's going to take away some of Anthony Davis's offense. Almost definitely. It's going to take away some of them legs on that offense. So, again, bouncing back to that question, does it matter if your star player doesn't play? Let's just play devil's advocate again. And I'm using LeBron again. So, Frank, I hope you tuned in. Let's say LeBron tweaked his ankle. The other night, he's still playing. Let's say he can't go. Mm-hmm. And I understand you still got Rondo, mm-hmm. who's playing out of his mind, playoff Rondo. True, true. Finding well. But LeBron not playing slightly gives the advantage to the definitely. Nuggets. Yeah, definitely. Now, because they got those two stars, those two budding stars. And the difference will become will Anthony Davis be able to lead? Mm-hmm. Although he does have, he can look over his shoulder and say, well, I ain't got to play too much. I got backup with Dwight and mm-hmm. McGee. But what happens, LeBron doesn't play, Joker gets off early. Well, I'm going to tell you what will happen. What will happen is, you just lost a player who rebounds, who facilitates, and scores. 
So those are three components of how your whole offense works. Now, Rondo is playing good. Rondo in the guard position can rebound a little bit. He does do that. Can pass. He ain't no scorer. He don't put pressure on your your defense as a scorer. So I can I can I can sag off him and let him shoot that jump shot. I'm gonna live with with with, with Rondo shooting threes all day. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Because he, that's not what he does. Right. Elbow extended, he can hit those. Mm-hmm. Still, isn't a uh, he? He's more like a uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that, that's the jab. You yeah, that's, that's jab. what it is. You you know you, what he's going to do. The jab, yeah. but you can't let him get to the bucket. Right. That's the kick. Mm-hmm. With LeBron, what he brings is it's a whole nother dynamic. So if you take that away, you're now relying on Anthony Davis to do. What LeBron does, he don't do, he don't that. do that. He's a scorer. Yes, that's what he. That's what he can do. Does play defense, mm-hmm. but if if he got to live with having to stick, because what they're gonna do is they're gonna play that pick and roll, and that pick and roll is going to be to the side. Anthony Davis is on. Joker is going to have Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis not going to want to get in foul trouble. Now you can go ahead and you can. You can double-team Jokic. He's a hell of a passer out of the post. Mm-hmm. He walked Anthony Davis from almost 20 feet out down to the post and laid him up yep. in six seconds. Mm-hmm. And can pull you out to the three-point line. Mm-hmm. So if you if if there is no LeBron, that L.A. team can't survive. Right. Now, let's flip it. If you take A.D. out, LeBron still can do all those things, yep. but he don't have a number two. Right. So I can live with LeBron shooting a thousand threes. Mm-hmm. I can live. I can even live with the fact and that I can that I can foul him because he's only about a 74 percent free throw shooter. Yeah. And, and the other thing, the other aspect of that, but what you had mentioned about Joker. If that, like I said, force, we're just playing devil's advocate yeah, 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 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going back to that question that we talked about earlier. They ain't gotta agree with me. If it's a perspective. You look at that situation where Anthony Davis has to play him on about, like you just said, he mm-hmm. backed him down from twenty feet, walked him down 20, 20 feet, and laid him up. All that does with Joker being an All Star, being as dominant as he was throughout the bubble and throughout the regular season, all that does is give him a slight advantage and a slight boost in confidence now playing against Dwight Howard mm-hmm. and JaVale McGee. Where, the way the NBA is set up, he'll get a couple more calls oh, yeah. than he has been getting against yeah. them right now. Okay? Which he did. Yeah, Which and that's did, the thing. Yeah. So, you have that star power. But again, I love what the Nuggets are doing. And I love, like I said, I even posted it. I love what Jamal Murray said after that Utah series, he said, in life, you find something, find things that you love, something to fight for. Mm-hmm. We found something to fight for, and we fight. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting. Almost like happened. I said, you saw the change from game one to game. Game one, Lakers had all that rest. Veterans, they were rested. They were coming off of, what, a six-game, seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Of course. I didn't think it would be that bad, but they got blown out the gym, game one. Right. 
Game two, you saw the resilience. You saw the difference. They only lose by two points. And that and so they right there. Yeah, they right there. That right game there. right there. That game last night. It was a heartbreaker, man. Mm-hmm. All we down to the last forty five seconds for right. for Denver. It hurts mm-hmm. because in that last series, in that last possession, when L A had no more timeouts left. So when they brought the ball up, well, what happened was. There was a substitute. There was a sub that took, that put uh, Mason Plumley in the game, mm-hmm. right? Which didn't make sense to me. But right. if you felt like you needed a more athletic guy, <coughs> mm-hmm. okay, you took Millsap out right. for Plumley. The pick that was set wasn't even a pick pick. No, it wasn't. He just ran into LeBron. He just ran in and stayed mm-hmm. there. Which Jokic was on the inbounder. Jokic literally went from the inbounder out to the three-point line, played good defense. Mm-hmm. But where was where was Plumley at? Confused. He didn't know what the hell he, he was doing. Do. So what Absolutely. wound up happening when I look back, I look back at games because listen, we, we done seen a thousand games in our lives. And we also seen coaches make decisions that they regret, some regret, mm-hmm. some don't. Players make decisions that they, they regret, regret. Or don't. Mm-hmm. Or don't. You take take uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas when he inbound the ball when Detroit was up. Mm-hmm. Take Magic Johnson when they call him Tragic Johnson. Those, yep. are stuff, those are things that they wish they could get back. That last night, when they, when they subbed Millsap out, reminded me of, and I told Jay this last night, reminded me of, when the Spurs were playing Miami, mm-hmm. and and Pop took Tim Duncan out the game and put Boris Diaw in the game, mm-hmm. and you substituted a seven foot two dude for a six eight cat. When meanwhile, Chris Bosh been killing them on the boards mm-hmm. all game. He's a seven foot guy. So you took out a seven foot guy to put a six eight guy in, and he gets the rebound, kicks yep. it out. Ray Allen hits the three. They yep. go to overtime, beat them, and, and San Antonio never recovered. From I that. said that so many times after that game, and I kept telling people, everybody was like, "What you think of that?" I said, "Well, all I'm gonna say is, if you leave Tim Duncan in the game, Chris Bosh don't get that rebound. He don't get that rebound, man." He and he looked at me, and was like, rebound. "Well, no, he could have." He uh-uh. don't get that rebound. I said, "Uh uh-uh. uh." I've been watching. I had been at that point. I had been watching Chris Ball, Chris Bosh, his whole career in Toronto, and I knew his game. Mm-hmm. Had a good idea of his game, and I said it again, and I said it multiple times. You leave Tim Duncan in there, Chris Bosh gonna get that rebound. He don't get it, and even if he does get it, you foul him. Yep. Cause you up three. Yep. You foul him. Put him on the line. He's got to make them. Mm-hmm. You got the ball back. And even if he makes both of them, you get the ball back. You got the ball back. So now they got to come get it. So And there was only what? Uh, uh, nine times out of ten, three, four, they're going to foul you to foul. make a valiant attempt to get the ball back they again, hoping that you miss one or two. I said, but that's when the chess game becomes, all right, you do that. He makes both of them. We still up one. We get the ball back. You foul us. All right. You foul us. I made one. Or let's say I make both of them mm-hmm. on the other end. Now we still up. 
Now, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. as a coach at that point, foul whoever get the ball. Right. And, and, Give them them and, two and free that, throws. And that's what it was. And by that time, again, he's going to shoot the free throws. The clock is going to be stopped. But get him three-quarter court, then you take that foul. When he grabbed that rebound. When you fouled at that, that point, it don't matter what. You getting yeah, the ball yeah. back. And see, that's those those are the in-game nuances that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Because to be quite honest with you, when you see Manu Ginobili coming down almost like to help defense. Right. Boris Diaw is already behind Chris Bosh. Yep. So when he comes down and that ball goes up, he could have fouled Chris Bosh right then and there. But his whole reaction was, ah, let me get out here. Because he left Ray Allen out there. Yep. Ray Allen had enough time to catch the ball, take a step back, and pull the trigger. Yes, he did. And and I remember watching the joint and Manu Ginobili said, I can't watch that, I can't watch the last seconds of that game. Mm-hmm. He said, because I know for a fact I should have just fouled Chris Bosch. Yep. He would have been on the free throw line, make a miss, and we would have got the ball back. We win that game. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. Yeah. That kept them alive. Then it goes to game seven. Miami yep. wins. Yep. So it's just it's just those and, small things right. that we talked about. And then about. we saw like I was talking about that. I was talking about these two series, then they yeah. played them again. In the finals, mm-hmm. and they whooped that ass. Yes, and there wasn't nothing to talk about. They showed them. <laughs> they cleaned up. And they remember. Yeah. They cleaned up everything, mm-hmm. and they beat that ass yeah. and won the championship yeah. and showed them how you're supposed to get beat. That's how you do That's it. That's how you do it. Hey, hey they yep. lucky because sometimes you don't get it. Sometimes game. you don't get it. So, with our last 10 minutes, mm-hmm. real quick, Sixers. And we can pick this up next week and mm-hmm. talk about it some more. The coaching search, first thing. A lot of names have been floated around. And the first name we heard was Tyron Lue. Yep. I was on the fence. And then as things started to play out in the playoffs, you got other coaches that were being fired. Mm -hmm. Then these other names started popping up. Nate McMillan. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Nate McMillan was in the same position that our coach was just in. So you don't want to take on a coach that just got fired. Right. You don't want to do that. Then... Talk about Billy Donovan, who initially I thought maybe mm-hmm. because of what he did at OKC, but with them not them jointly deciding not to reinstitute that relationship mm-hmm. tells me, and then they put it out there several days later, they're in a rebuild, right? And they've got the picks to do the rebuild, hence the move with them talking about trying to move Chris Paul and things right. like that. They got five. Picks, mm-hmm. five first rounders. So they've got the tools to go into a rebuild. Small market, so it's not really going to affect that fan base yeah. with them in a rebuild as much because they overachieved this year. Right. With Chris Paul, they overachieved. So Billy Donovan, at first, I was like, maybe, maybe not. Then I heard when Houston went out, I heard people throwing around Mike D'Antoni's name. Mm-hmm. I literally said, and I don't normally do this. So if the Sixers hire Mike D'Antoni <laughs> as their coach, I'm going to have one foot off the boat. Or, matter of fact, I'm going to be like the old Scepter bus. I'm man. looking out the window with my hand on the cord. Back door. Just waiting to pull it. Back door. I'm out. Back door. Back door. I'm out. Yeah, man. You cannot... Well, listen, in any way, save shape, me or a form. Seat. Save me a seat. I got you. Ain't no way. And at that point, I can't do it, man. Like I said, I was a little worried about Tyron Lue, a little bit worried about Billy Donovan. 
But at that point, when I heard Mike D'Antoni's name come up, Billy Donovan and Tyron Lue looked a whole lot more better at that particular moment. Listen, man, we can't do the Mike D'Antoni thing. You don't have the roster for what he wants to do no, in the first we place. we can't do it. And that shit ain't going to work in the East. It, it's not going to work in the it's East. It's not going to work in the East. Oh, man. Okay. It, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. It's I, not going to work in the East. It, now, I one I of the things, I don't understand it either. One of the things I did like and what I heard was them possibly talking to Maury or Kevin Pritchard mm-hmm. as far as being the president in the front office, mm-hmm. which I think is something that they need in that front office. And I also think Elton has realized the way he walked off the court in game four against Boston. He realizes now that he has to put his foot down, excuse me, as the GM. Mm-hmm. And, and I get the loyalty and everything that's within that organization, within that front office. But Elton Brand, as the GM, you have to put your foot down. One of the other things that I mentioned a couple of people, and I'll let you go chime in. Mm-hmm. People are saying the Sixers were in this position because of this, because of that. If you really think about it and you analyze it deeply, you can partly fault the NBA for this situation. And it goes all the way back to the process with Hinky. Mm-hmm. They allowed because it. they allowed it at first. Then when they saw Hinky stockpiling the picks, then all of a sudden, what did the NBA do? They bring in Jerry Colangelo mm-hmm. to say, no, nah, we can't have this. And what that was was it was the threat to the NBA right. where these guys are going to have all these picks. It may take them a while, but shit, they may have a super team via the draft. Yeah. And still be able to bring in some key veterans to go along with that because of the veteran, mm-hmm. the rookie contracts and things of that nature. So the NBA did what they did. They stopped it when they wanted to stop it, as they do all the time. Same situation with the Chris Paul stoppage mm-hmm. going to the Lakers. Yep. Then they bring in Jerry Colangelo. And, of course, the nepotism becomes he brings in his son. Right. Well, yeah, he brings in his yeah, son. Yeah. And we know how that played out. So I'm anxious to see how it goes. I'm anxious to see what happens with the coaching search and with the front office. But again, I think Elton Brand has to put his foot down. And people were saying, fire Elton Brand. You can't fire him yet. No, you can't. Because he brought you Jimmy Butler, even though Jimmy didn't stay. But he brought you Jimmy Butler. He brought you Tobias Harris. Now, he did make some bad moves this offseason with a couple contracts or whatever. But going into this current season, you were four Three to four bounces away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And, I mean, like you said. Because if that shot misses, right, we, we, we beat them. We beat them. Right. So, if there wasn't really much that, I guess, there wasn't really much that we really needed to do. Mm-hmm. But there were some holes we needed to fill. And like you said, yep. if they missed that shot, right, we then go play. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And we we mm-hmm. we cool. We, cool. we 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 cool. Yeah. We're back in the mix. So I still you know and I, I respect the fact that Elton Brand said that he's not trading Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. I need to compliment them better. 
which I think was a great idea. It's a great idea. I think those are the cornerstones of your franchise right now. But again, you need to have a coach in here. And it's that word again, accountability. Like the players even said it. You have to have somebody in here who is going to get on these guys in the mold of not so much, but partly like Pop. I mean, if you look at Pop, there were times when Pop chastised Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. Tony Parker. Speaking of him, one, I mean, at him as a possible yeah, coach. It, I don't, I don't a, like and you. possibly, and not possibly, but at one point, before we really got heavy into this low management, Pop sent them home. Yeah. And they were coming to play the Sixers, mm-hmm. and he sent them home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And these are my stars. Yeah. These are my guys. I mean, that's why, that's why the respect for Popovich is extremely Absolutely. high, because he didn't, listen, he did not care if you was a star. Mm-hmm. He would put your ass on the bench. Yeah. Set Tony Parker down like it wasn't nothing. Yeah, like it wasn't nothing. Here yep. you go, young boy. Have a yep. seat. You know what I mean? If you're not going to do what I tell you to do, mm-hmm. sit it down. You know what I mean? And again, we talk about players and coaches having a, that respect. Yep. There's, in a, there's a certain amount of respect that certain coaches have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of people... Don't they? A lot of people want to play for Pop. Yep. But they don't fit the mold in right. what they're doing. You can't listen. I remember when uh, when when uh, uh, it was two people, two people that was free agents, and and people kept saying, "Yo, if Carmelo go to go to go, man, he get out there with Pop," I said, "It'll never happen." Mm-hmm. One, this boy don't play ball. He don't play defense no more. Mm-hmm. So you gonna you gonna right. listen? It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. And certain players, that, regardless of how dynamic you are as an individual, as a talent, mm-hmm. chemistry is chemistry. Yep. You know what I mean? That team yep. had bona fide that, chemistry for that's decades. Why he, that's why he didn't fit in Houston. And that's exactly why he didn't fit. And in at Houston. the time, it was what Houston. Yeah. He but that, but that's why he fits in Portland. Yes. He fits in Portland because there's a need for him. Mm-hmm. And he ain't got to play no defense. Nope. <laughs> That's not why they got buckets. you there. Yeah, he can come out and get buckets. They got you there to get buckets. Yep. So when when I'm looking at the Sixers and the state of the Sixers and where we are at, we got to get a, a coach fast. We have to get a coach and an organization, upper management, that's going to complement what mm-hmm. the process is not. Right. It has to go in another we've, direction of what the process is not. We've got to get some guard play. We need guards that can create their players. own shot. They can create their own shot. And at right now, the they talked about Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Right now, the price tag is too high for Chris Paul, although I would love it for what he does. It, it's minimal. And one of the names that me and a couple guys I work with have been talking about floating around is Jeff T, who is serviceable because he's a veteran. He can play in the pick and roll. He can defend the pick and roll. And like you said, he can get his own shot. Right. That's something that we need. And there's also been more recent rumors um, and saying that there have been serious talks about reacquiring Drew Holiday. I personally don't think Drew Holiday should have been traded in the first place, but that was the start of the process. Mm-hmm. That was- he was the all-star, so you, the start of the process, you had to kind of, business-wise, you had to move. Okay, And we ain't been the same since as far ain't as our guards. Nope. You got MC3, he became a rookie 
rookie of the yeah. year, two years later, you see value in him, you traded him to, him. to tank it yep. up again. Markel Fultz comes along, nothing. You know, then you had those injuries, you have Shake Milton, and he played well with those 18 yeah, games did. that Ben was out. He did. But that's regular season, and once that happens, you have to understand as a player and as a coaching staff that now I got to help this young boy because now he's in scouting reports. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the difference, and that's where it showed. And it showed even more in the playoffs that he was – and I couldn't understand the rotations why Alec Burks – wasn't playing more than he was playing. Oh, man. You've got somebody that can help on the bench, but, but you don't coach. play him. And that's why I said I didn't yeah, understand those rotations. That's coaching. So, like you said, it, it's got to be some true basketball minds in that front office. That's where those changes come. And they've already started doing that by getting rid of some of those Colangelo leftovers and Hinky leftovers. They started that. But you've got to bring some basketball minds in. And Elton Brand has to put his foot down as the GM and tell Scott O'Neill and Mr. Harris, look, Jeff T can get the veterans minimum, and he can play pick and roll, he can defend, and he can get his own shot. Mm-hmm. We can use that, and it will help. So that's where we are. That's what we need to do. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Everybody that tuned in, I will give you shout-outs when I comment on these videos a little later. You have been tuned in to Sports Rat, Heat 100 Radio. As always, it's your boy, D. It's your boy, Ball. You can find us on the group page, Sports Rat Radio Show, on Facebook. You can also get to the webpage, sportsratradio.com. You can check out the podcast on iHeartRadio and wherever you get your podcast. You can get me at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and the group page on Facebook. Baldy? Yep, you can get at me, Aaron Baldy Moore. That's on Facebook. And also, you can get with me on Instagram, Ball75. That's B-A-L-L-75. Don't forget, schedules will go up tomorrow. Enjoy tonight's Monday night game. I think that's the only thing that's on tonight. Everything yep. else starts tomorrow and Wednesday. And we will definitely keep you posted all week long on social media and get you caught up next Monday. Enjoy your Monday, folks. It's a little chilly today. Stay warm. We will see you next week.